Welcome. You're about to listen to a message from LifePoint, a warm, friendly, and vibrant community for the young at heart. Okay, let's get into the word. Can I ask that you please hold someone seated beside you this morning and help me thank God for their life. Go ahead and hold the person seated beside you and just say, thank you, Father, for this brother. Thank you, Father, for this sister. Thank you for the amazing things that you're doing in their lives. Thank you for how they're coming to know you, how they're experiencing you, how they have experienced you this year. Would you go ahead and speak a blessing over them and ask that their hearts will be open to receive the gift of God's word this morning. Scripture says that the word uh, became flesh and dwelt among us. We know that Jesus is in this neighborhood. Jesus is present here. And as his word is released, that it will become flesh to us. And that we would run in the revelatory knowledge of the word that we receive this morning. We would run with instruction. We would run with clarity, with precision. Would you go ahead and declare over your brother and your sister that their eyes will be open to see very clearly what God is saying, what the Spirit is saying, and that their lives will be transformed by the entrance of the Word. Their lives will be illuminated in the name of Jesus, that where darkness currently resides, uh, that light will dispel every darkness, that they will gain divine perspective this morning. In the name of Jesus, would you go ahead and declare the Spirit of joy upon their hearts, uh, that the Word of God, the entrance of God's Word, will cause their lives to be filled with joy this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we just thank you. We ask, for, Lord, that you would have your way with us. That which you have prepared for us, our hearts are open to receive with joy and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So last Sunday, we, we started out a new teaching series titled Contagious Gratitude. Contagious Gratitude. And I spoke about three fundamental truths that had to do with the nature and the character of God. If you were in service, can you go ahead and just reel those three truths to me? Just go ahead and shout them out. What's the first truth? God is what? Inherently good, speaking to his nature. Regardless of the state of the global economy, of your local economy, regardless of what is going on in and around you, God is inherently good. That is who he is. He cannot change himself. In scriptures, one of the psalmists would declare that God is good and only does good things. Now, I know that our interpretation of good varies. Okay? I know that if I sit with people here, if we're having our conversational Sunday on plugged convos, I'm sure that we would have one or two people say to me very clearly, BWS, I'm not sure that I completely agree. If God is good, then why has this been happening to me? If God is good, why does it feel like my life, the outcomes of my life does not look good, does not represent good? Now, I want to remind you that when God created everything that he did, Scripture says he looked and he called them good. Only good can emanate out of him, even in judgment. And I know that that is probably jarring for someone, but that is the reality. There are certain things that we cannot fully express or explain because we know in parts. And I would not stand here before you, like I said last week, and lie to you and tell you that I can fully express the goings-on of your life or explain it in its entirety. Because I am not God. I am not omniscient. Neither am I omnipresent. So there are certain things that are God's exclusive preserve. 
There are certain things that are hinged on who he is as sovereign. And so, as his children, we cannot embrace just the fatherhood of him. We must also embrace his lordship. We must also embrace the part of him that is sovereign. And so, you take a life like Joseph, and I mean, Joseph is one of my very favorite, if you've been in life point for a bit, you know I like to talk about Joseph a lot. Because me and the guy, we have things in common. Not dreaming, no. Just saying. But you would look at a Joseph, for example. If you sit with Joseph and asked him, in the time and the season, where he had these very fancy dreams, and, you know, he would, his father would make him a coat of many colors, looking all bright and fancy. And he would share with his brother. If you asked him what did he think his dream would ever result into, I promise you it would not have been prime minister of Egypt. There was no way Joseph in his human understanding could have plotted the graph that a Jew will be a prime minister in a foreign land. And so, when the journey of his life began, everything that looked like pathway to success was clearly not how we would interpret the journey of Joseph's life. There was no way you would call being despised by your brothers. And I just want to say to someone who's seated in the room or watching online, who feels like they're undergoing some sort of victimization from people that they love. You, you feel they don't understand you, they don't get you, they don't, they're not supportive of your dream, of your aspirations, of your ambition. Joseph experienced this, but in, 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 in fact, in a more terrible dimension. Because here was him with all of these dreams, feeling like he was loved, but clearly people proved to him. The people of his own household proved to him that that wasn't quite the case. They would sell him. At that point in the pit, how do you think Joseph was processing God's goodness? How would you and I process God's goodness in a season where it looks like we are in a pit? Where it looks like people have arranged us? Where it looks like we've been forgotten? And so from there, he gets sold as a slave. My Yoruba people will say, For those who are not Yoruba speaking, that means someone from a, a, goodly, a, a, a good home with a goodly heritage. You know, someone who's, who's not a bastard, who has a lineage, who has a people, all of a sudden becomes a slave. And then even in that slavery, how do you think Joseph was processing his life? How do you think he was looking at God's goodness? And then from there, fast forward, he gets thrown into prison for what he did not do. I mean, at this point, you and I would have given up on God. Let's be real. But God, why? Why me? And that is a question we always ask. And I've heard people say, why not you? Who should it be? If it is not you, should it be your, your, the person seated beside you? If you answer that question very clearly in your heart, very deeply, there's a high likelihood you'll be able to say, well, God, this can be someone else, but really not me. I've had enough. This buzz buzz is not working. Just free me a bit and give it to somebody else. Why? 
And so it is my prayer for someone today that as we continue this series, this entire month, that you will gain divine perspective on the goings on of your life. Because sometimes, let me finish just Joseph's story. And then prison. But in prison, something changes. Something happens. Not changes. Something happens. You know when it is that you, it feels like I'm this close to my breakthrough. And then that breakthrough just looks like it is then further extended. Because at the time that he ministers to the butler and the baker and would say to them very clearly, you see, one of the things that I love about Joseph's story was also the fact that it portrayed the human part of him. He would say to them, when you leave here, when you get out, please don't forget, mention me, mention my case to the king. Recognizing and helping us understand that as much as it is that we celebrate Joseph and the fact that, you know, he was in there, even in the, with everything he was going through, he had a happy disposition, you know, his countenance was, was lively, he, he enjoyed favor with the people that put him in there, you know, he, he could minister, could see other people's challenges, he, he, he began to practice and deploy his administrative skills. But that very encounter, that statement that he would share with the butler and the baker, when you are out, the one that did not die, Sha, when you go out, remember me, mention my case to the king, helps, helps us understand that there were moments in Joseph's life where he thought about his journey, where he thought about his predicament, where he looked and said, like, God, have you forgotten me? And then that guy goes out and forgets. He goes out and completely forgets. And Joseph would have been there day one, day two, week one, month one, month four, month 10, month 12, the next year. No word from the king. Clearly, this guy has forgotten me. And let me just speak to someone here where you have placed your hope in man. That uncle, that auntie, that contract, that job. And it is what you are looking to as your breakthrough model. God is saying to you this morning, I am the God of time and seasons and I have a plan for you and it is a good plan. Maybe if Joseph had been mentioned prematurely, perhaps that may have cut short the journey. But God had a bigger plan. All Joseph knew about his life was the fact that he was going to be somebody important and his brothers, his immediate family, would respect him because of whatever level of importance that he garnered. What God had in mind was the saving of a nation and surrounding nations and the preservation of an entire generation. God's ways are not our ways, guys. And so God is inherently good, no matter the route that he decides to take. Let me speak to someone here this morning who's been trusting God for marriage. And it looks like this thing, God, is it for all of us at this rate? I've given up. But God says to remind you that I planned your life before you were formed. I designed it before your parents even thought about conceiving you. I don't make mistakes. And someone needs to hold on to that. I do not make mistakes. I am in this matter with you. I am on this journey with you. And it would end in praise. 
Because the beauty that I am producing will cause you to forget the years of waiting. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so, moving on from Joseph's story. What was the second fundamental truth we established? God is always good. Always. That is his character. That is who he is. He's always good. Sometimes you read scripture and you wonder how. But he's good. Again, even in judgment, even in the outcomes, he's good. That is who he is. He cannot be otherwise. What is the third one? He's not selectively good. God's goodness does not discriminate. It is applicable to everyone. It is applicable. Scripture says that he causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. He causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. He's not selectively good. He desires that everyone appointed to salvation will come to him. And so God does not give up on man. He will keep raising people. He will keep, you know, infusing his mind, his thoughts, his wisdom, his counsel into people. He would look for righteous men. He would look for believers to walk through. And in the situation where there is a believer that, I mean, who's missing in their space and in their location, God will work with the next available person. God would always use people for his people. So he doesn't discriminate in his goodness. And so this morning we continue. I did speak about some things which we call triggers. Just point, I lighted one or two last week, just very quickly. Some of the things that cause us to question God's goodness. And I shared my own grief story because we recognize that grief, loss, unfavorable circumstances cause us to question God's goodness sometimes. And for some, it is just a wrong perspective of the situation that you have. For some, it is unhealthy comparison, comparing your life with, the, with someone else's. If you were in service last week, I used the analogy of uh, the parable Jesus shared where he would um, speak about the kingdom of God and how that the master would go out and find workers at a particular hour of the day. And he did that all the way up until the 11th hour and ended up paying everybody the same wage. I think I used $1,000 last week. And so when we sit and we compare lives with the outcomes of the lives of others, it puts us in a place where we question God's goodness to us. It's almost as though we begin to measure the fact that, God, you are very good to this person. You are only good to me. You know, we start to quantify his goodness. But scripture shows us how that he's not discriminatory. If you understand that God did not map your life in alignment with someone else's, he did not design your journey in alignment with someone else's, then you have no basis for comparison. But I recognize that as humans, we sometimes are tempted to compare. Uh -uh, you, this person and we finish school together at the same time. And yet the person has a job. I, I don't have a job. I've been in the job market for so long. This person is earning, you know, a seven-digit salary. Got a fantastic job at Amazon. You know, got a full scholarship to an Ivy League school. And yet I finished with better grades than the person. God is on your matter. Your journey is different. And so there's a level of contentment we need to embrace 
as we submit and surrender our lives to God. It is important. I would not like to you to say that I have not been in that phase. Where you think and you are wondering, God, does this even make sense? This journey, is it making sense? And you call to question sometimes and forget the things that God has done. The scripture that we read together last week, Psalm 103, from verses 1 to 5, where the psalmist would call to remembrance the things that God has done for him. I want to give us an assignment this week. I will give us maybe two or three. But the first one is this. Would you please go ahead and rewrite Psalm 103 with your own experience? So it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And from verse 2, he starts to recount God's blessings, the things that he calls benefits. One who forgives our iniquities, who heals our diseases, redeems our life from destruction. Can you please, this week, articulate Psalm 103 in your own words? What will that look like for you? And please, when you do it, go ahead and put it up on your Instagram page, tag LifePointNG. We would love to repost it. How many people are making a commitment to doing this? That you will take this Psalm 103 and you would write your own experience. For someone, it might sound like, and bless the Lord, oh my soul, forget not all his benefits. Who healed my mom from XYZ disease? Who provided a house for me in my time of need? The one who sorted my financial bill, my, 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 my uh, school fees, in a time and a season where hope was lost. Go ahead and recount the benefits you've enjoyed in 2022. And let's write our own psalm. Let's write and document our own experience. Do you, do you realize that the psalms are actually documents of other people's experiences. Would you commit this morning to documenting your own experience? And let's loud it. Let's put it up on social media. Let's make this goodness, this goodness of God that we have enjoyed this year, let's make it contagious. You will be surprised to know that as you share, someone else reads it. That same need, that same benefit they are trusting God for might just, your story might just be an encouragement that they need in this season to keep trusting and to keep holding on. That the God that did it for Femi will do it for me. The God that did it for Gloria is well able to do it for me as well. So how many of us are committing to sharing our experiences in 2022 of God's goodness? Yeah? Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. All right. So can we read together Psalm 100 from verse 1 to 5? Psalm 100, verse 1 to 5. NKJV translation. Can we have it up on screen, please? Go ahead and open up your devices and let's read. Once you go, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. Thank you so much. Because it was an instruction and nobody did. Can we take it again? Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. Yes, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his, we're supposed to be reading together. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Verse 4, can we shout verse 4? 
Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is, his mercy is, and his truth endures to all generations. Hallelujah. Gratitude is a requirement for our relationship with God. It is an important ingredient that fuels our relationship with him. I mean, think about it. I know that we're very entitled where our parents are concerned. You know, I see a lot of things play out with my kids, and I'm like, is this how I was with my parents? You know, I'm like, no wonder I can understand the right hand and the left hand of fellowship that was extended. Let me just say, that slaps. In our generation, we don't slap as much. Yeah. I think my older daughter has received only one slap this year. And I remember her telling, describing the slap to her grandma. And she said, Grandma, mommy gave me a very hot slap. And for days, my face was still hurting. You know, it, it hurt her so much. And my mom said to her, what did you do? Let's talk about what you did that brought the slap. I try not to beat my kids. Try. That means I still beat them because I believe in beating. Sometimes it just resets. Yes, it's a, it's a tool for resetting. You know, so I, I see just that whole entitlement that we have with our parents. And I find that it's the same way some of us engage God. So I spoke last week that you have a friend that calls you up and before they tell you about the headache or the ankle pain they're having, tells you how their kidneys are functioning well, how their spleen is in the right place, you know, how their heart is pumping blood in the right um, ounces and time, you know. Nobody does that. We take these things for granted that as we sleep, we are God's children. If we wake us up, that we must get up tomorrow and everything will be all right. You know, and while it is okay to be that way with your father it is important i mean one of the ways that you know you guys get stuff out of your parents is when you say thank you in fact i overheard my daughter she was on a call with her friends she knew i was i was passing by and then i heard the conversation I think they wanted to ask the parents for something, maybe sleepover. Or well, there's been one sleepover they've been asking for all year that I have not granted, and realized that another parent also had not granted it. So I think they were talking about how to approach parents, and I was hearing my daughter say, "You know, you, you need to just so like what has your mom done for you like in recent? I just go ahead and just say thank you to her. You know, it always works." I said, "Ah." <laughs> Really? I have caught you, you know? And I just walked past. She didn't even know I heard that conversation. But that's how, I, and I remember doing that. You know, some of, sometimes, some, what you sow, you will reap. I remember doing that with my parents too. I just know how to just arrange my father. Like, there's certain things you say to him that just touches a nerve, and you see that soft part of him. You, you've studied your parents that much. And I feel like sometimes we engage with God that way. And we just feel like, eh, let me just, they say in church, just dance more. Let me just, you know, it's almost as though it's routine. And you don't exactly mean these things. Can I please challenge someone today to just be generous with their thanksgiving in this season? 
And as you plan for 2023, just think about it gladdens God's heart when we're thankful for the little things and the big things. Some of us don't waste, as far as we're concerned, it is a waste to thank God for the little things. I will wait until he gives me that job, until I buy that car, until I build that house or buy that house, until I have this, you know, fantastic husband, GQ-looking guy, until I have this bay, you know, yellow legs, tall. No. Yellow legs was an inside joke. And, but the Lord did it all. Did the Lord not do it? The people who know the yellow legs joke. Ah, the Lord, the Lord did. It wasn't just long, sha, but the Lord did yellow. Anyway, and so we have all of this list of requirements that we hold God to. Um, one of the things that we will do uh, at the crossover service on the 31st is, and from now you need to start to prepare. We're going to ask everyone to present their goals before God. So start documenting those goals now because we're going to pray over them and we're going to believe over them. But can I ask, has anybody even gone back to check the goals that they wrote for 2022? How many have you checked off? You see, somebody said, no, thank you for your honesty. But can you, this week, look at those goals. How many has God done? How many should you be thankful for? Some people, God has surpassed your expectation. God has done things the way you wanted him to do it. It's not how he did it, but he did it. Are you grateful? Are you thankful? Thank you, my darling. That's a thankful baby. What you need to think about and just focus on the things God has done. The things he is yet to do. He's working, oh, hey. Guys, he is working. Even when we don't see it, he's what? He's working. And we believe it. Because we are people of faith. Scripture says, I will not leave you, nor forsake you. And when he says, I will not leave, it means that everything that has to do with you. See, your life is in the palm of my hands. I am looking at your life like this. And that is a word for someone. Because you feel abandoned. You feel the things that are going on in your life does not equate God being present in your life. It doesn't add up. Can I tell you that your life is engraved on the palm of his hand? And so when he looks at his palm, he's seeing you. He's seeing you. And he's arranging things to work out in your favor. Even your mistakes will work for your good in Jesus' name. And someone needs to believe that because you have held yourself down. You have beaten yourself up for a costly mistake. But can I say to you today under the unction of the Holy Spirit that God is going to take that mistake and turn it out for good. He will turn it around for good for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. So how can you step up your gratitude game? Very quickly. One is to take inventory, just as we said, reflect. Help me tell your neighbor, reflect. As you party, as you club, as you, you know, whatever it is, as you eat and make merriment in this season, please reflect. Reflect. I was observing just while the band was leading us in worship earlier, you know, and of course, in the spirit of the message that I was coming to, 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 to deliver. And some of us, are, you know, we're just like super calm. I don't know whether you're sitting beside your boyfriend. Is why you could not express yourself. But I know that when you go to the club, you dance more. And so I'm wondering, where is the best place to barrage? Okay, that means to just be anyhow. It's in your father's presence. 
Some of us don't know how to dance in God's presence. Why? Because you feel you need to be, you need to be, to, to comport yourself. You need to, yeah, some, Sharon said people are born again is why. You need to be properly arranged. You need to be prim and proper in God's presence. You don't shout too much so that the person beside you doesn't wonder, is this person okay? Is this person all right? You know, don't dance anyhow. But in the clubs, you can throw off your shirt. Your shoe is flung this way. One leg is the other way. People are just anyhow. But in the presence of your father, you form and you package. This month, can we do things differently? And just be anyhow in his presence. It's the season to be grateful. I don't care what has not worked. And I know you know that I love you with all my heart. And I am constantly praying for you. That things must work. That the things that have posed themselves and constituted themselves as age-long issues must be resolved. Because I believe very strongly that some people will still share testimonies December 31st of those in 11th hour miracles. The thing that only God can do, we declared that, that there are certain things that only God can do, and we trust that he's going to do those things before the end of this year. Someone needs to usher in those things with a prophetic dance, with prophetic praise. Don't wait until he does it. Thank him because you know he will do it. Those are the kind of children God is looking for in this season. The people who trust him. Emmanuel led us in a, in a song earlier, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. I decree and declare over you in the name of the Lord Jesus that the borders and the walls that have been built up around your trust will be broken today in Jesus' name. That negative experiences that have caused you to doubt the power of God will be removed in the name of Jesus. I pray for you that the Spirit of God would come upon you afresh and you will begin to see and experience God in a new way from today in Jesus' name. Our God cannot be limited. Not by distance, not by the economy, not by what people have said. For someone here, you are carrying the weight of a curse. They have told you that you have been cursed from birth. There's some generational cost that is prevalent in your family. And you have embraced this truth. Can I remind you today? Scripture says that all things, all principalities exist under the feet of Christ. And do you know where you are positioned? You are seated with Christ in the heavenlies, far above principalities and powers. That is who you are. Can I encourage you to enter into your position this morning? Step into that place of authority and remove every negative conversation repeal it because you have the authority too you can speak a word and it will be established who are you who do you belong to that's something someone needs to think about all the things God says in his word that he has freely given to me the authority that he has given to me. Uh, Jesus went to the cross for your sake to give you victory over things like generational curses. Scripture says that curse is the one that has been hung on a tree. Jesus was hung on a tree and took up that cross on your behalf. And so why are you still carrying and believing it a lie? I don't care whether you are seeing manifestations of that curse. And I know you know what I mean when I say I don't care. 
Because greater is the one who lives in you, the one who indwells you, the one who has saved you, the one who bought you with a price, than whatever any uncle or auntie or grandparents have done. Whatever sacrifices have been made, wherever your name has been taken to, greater is he that is in you. And you need to begin to manifest your authority. Amen, somebody. So take inventory of God's many blessings in your life. So important. Scripture tells us in Matthew 22 about... Um, okay, no, let me not read that one because for the sake of time. Yes, the nine lepers or the ten lepers that Jesus healed. That is a story we're all very familiar with. Jesus will see these ten lepers and he would, you know, they will come to him, they will cry out to him and ask that he would heal them. And he will say to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. Now, in Leviticus 13 and 14, we see there, you know, how, the, how Moses would document the um, implication of certain sicknesses and the treatments. How lepers needed to be quarantined, separated. You know, there was some shame attached to leprosy. Because it was contagious, they could not be with people. But they cried out to Jesus to heal them. And he says, go and show yourselves to the priest. The priest was some sort of medical um, authority to determine who was clean and who wasn't. Scripture says that as they went, they were cleansed. And one person noticed and ran back to Jesus. And with a loud voice, he thanked him. And Jesus looked and said, were there not ten of you? Where are the other nine? And this guy would, of course, would not respond to the location of the other nine. But something fundamental, scripture records, says that one guy that came back was a Samaritan. By implication, we can assume that the other nine were Jews. There is a way we become over-familiar with the gifts, with the grace, and the blessings of God. And in this season, I want you to be thankful for everything. You know, there was an entitlement mentality the Jews perhaps had over Jesus or, or where Jesus was concerned. And so the nine did not think it was necessary to come back to say thank you. But the Samaritan who understood that I've only, <coughs> I, I'm only here by association, this blessing, this miracle that I have received, it is not because I am deserving of it. It is because we were together, I was with the Jews. Is the reason why I had an opportunity for this. He understood the import and the gravity of what had been done. And he came back to say thank you. And Jesus would say to him, go, your faith has made you whole. There is a difference between bodily healing and wholeness. There is a big difference. Otherwise, it will not be captured there. If that guy was whole already, Jesus will not say it. Yes, they were healed. That means the sickness was no longer there. But wholeness applies to every part of them. So beyond just the, uh, the physical healing, beyond them just not um, being leprous in that instance, there are no guarantees that it can't come back. This guy who enjoyed wholeness was never going to experience leprosy again. Whatever sort of emotional um, challenges, self-esteem issues he's had, Jesus has made him whole. Jesus had elevated him. Guys, be generous with your thanks in this season. Be generous with your gratitude in this season. Another thing to note is that your gratitude to God will reflect in your thankfulness. 
to the people around you. How appreciative are you of people? Jesus would say to the young man who comes to meet him for counsel, and would, he, who would ask, and he would say to him, the important laws to love God, you know, with all of your heart, your soul, your mind. And the second commandment is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. How appreciative are you of people in this season? Can we not let anything steal our joy? There are so many joy stealers in our local economy right now. And anyone who's listening to me and you're outside of Nigeria, I know that you're also dealing with stuff. I remember a few weeks back where somebody shared a post about um, a particular, I can't remember what part of the UK now, but they're still eating pet food. Yeah, they're still purchasing pet food as food. I mean, countries are dealing with, a, with recession. It's amazing. Things are tight. Don't let anything steal your joy. Because you are of the kingdom. In the kingdom, we operate a different economy. And I need somebody to believe that with their entire heart. In the kingdom, we operate a different economy. And what that looks like is this. That let's assume we have a guy who's a George. You know, we call him George. George is a God lover. George follows God with all of his heart. You know, George is human. George makes mistakes. But George recognizes that God is good. And he's inherently good. That God loves him. And so he does not hesitate to come back even when he falls. But George also understands that his journey with God requires abiding in the secret place. George recognizes that God is his source. And that every other person, every other opportunity God brings his way are just channels of provision. And so God, George chooses to focus on the source. God, if you don't do this, well... It's up to you. But I know that you will. And so when things happen for George, they happen in, in the most unusual ways. Help comes from the least likely sources. Wisdom to do things differently. Wisdom to create and produce and, and, and birth new things in a recessionary economy that will bring about profiting and growth and increase for him is made available. You see, the challenge with us as God's children is that we don't sit with him enough. Everything that you and I need is in him. Everything we need is in him. And so it is important that we stay in him, that we abide in him. Okay? So as we just wrap up this morning, three ways. Remember, I've given the first assignment, which is what? What's the assignment? Psalm 103, write your version from verse 1 to 5. What is your own, ex especially from verses 3, write your own experience of 2022, uh, of God in 2022. Other ways that we can step up our gratitude game and spread gratitude in this season, make it contagious. The first one is ask yourself, who has God used to bless you in 2022? Who has God used to bless you in 2022? Can you list them out this week? And what you do is send a token of appreciation, a note, a phone call, a message. As God lays upon your heart to reach out to these people, to just say thank you. Now you are thanking them. Remember that there is what you do for God as your source. But there is what you do to appreciate people. Because if you are appreciative of the, con uh, the, the conduits and the channels God uses for you, who was that person that opened 
you know, a door. Because God will not come down to open a door for you. He will use people. So someone opened a door for you. Somebody gave you access. Somebody, you know, sponsored you. Some, somebody did stuff that you, you remember. And you're like, ah, I can tie this growth. I can tie this opportunity to this person that God used. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being a blessing to me. Thank you for inspiring me. Thank you for leading me. Thank you for wise counsel. That, that wisdom you shared with me X, Y, Z period ago has helped me do one, two, three things. Can we be deliberate about gratitude? So one, identify the people God has blessed you, used to bless you in 2022. Two, who does God desire to bless through you? Remember, we are spreading gratitude in this season. We are spreading joy. We are spreading love. We are making gratitude contagious. Who does, who, has, who does God desire to bless through you? Ask the Holy Spirit. Who do you want me to reach? We're providing as a church, we're providing an opportunity for you to be a blessing to the people in our bulky community by giving of your time and your financial resource. We're also trying to organize a blood drive. You want to donate blood in this season. We're providing an opportunity for you. But beyond that, look within your circle. You know, extend your search just a bit within your community. Who does God desire to bless through you? And then the final question. Are the people you are directly responsible for grateful to God on your account? The people that you are directly responsible for, do they thank God every day for you? If your drivers, you know, your, your domestic assistants, your security man at work, the guy or the lady who cleans your desk every morning, you know, your, the staff that work with you, your team members, are they grateful? that you exist? Are they grateful that you are present in their lives? Do you close your eyes this morning and just speak to God? Go ahead and thank him. Go ahead and thank him for the word and the action that you need to take in this season. Someone needs to thank God for instruction because as you act on the word, it propels you even to greater and to deeper heights with God. He's able to trust you more. He's able to, you know, put you in those places that he desires for you to be. Some, someone needs to be appreciative this morning for the instruction that you have received. And just go ahead and give him thanks. Father, we worship you. We're grateful for how you have spoken to us this morning. And we know that it's in preparation for the plans and the purposes that you have for our lives next year. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of joy that permeates this atmosphere and is infused into the lives of each and every person called by the name LifePoint. Thank you, Lord, for we are spreading gratitude in this season. We are spreading and, and actively speaking about your goodness, that we will not be shy to share our experiences in this season. As you give opportunities to, we will speak to that colleague we will speak to that market woman. We will speak to that Uber driver and just share a relevant story that in this season will be your mouthpieces of gratitude, spreading the fragrance of your knowledge. We thank you, our Father, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, we've prayed and agreed. Amen. Very quickly, I just want to ask someone here. You don't know Jesus? I know that I'm slightly above time. But you don't know Jesus. Can I give you an opportunity to please
come home to him. That is your first show of gratitude. Perhaps you used to be in a relationship with him, but you have strayed with all eyes closed and heads bowed. The best gift, the best way you can express your gratitude to him this morning is to rededicate your heart to him, is to submit to his lordship and to allow him lead and walk with you. And so if that is you, you want to come home, you want Jesus to take over your life, can I lead you in a prayer? And can I ask that everyone in the room with eyes closed and heads, but just begin to pray for that brother and that sister. And perhaps if there's anyone who's beside you who wants to make that decision and you're aware, you can go ahead and just stand with the person in agreement of faith. We just want you to know we are in here with you. We are on this journey with you. And if you're online, please go ahead and indicate in the chat room that you want to submit your heart to Jesus. You want to reconnect with him. And our ministers online would reach out to you. But if that is you, can I ask that you raise that hand? It is important that you do not leave today's service without actually submitting again your heart to him, without coming back into that relationship with him. So if that is you, I would love to pray with you. And some of us here, some of our leaders and ministers, would love to stand up with you so you don't feel like you're standing alone. So would you go ahead and just make that, uh, that, that, uh, take that step, that step of faith right now. In the name of Jesus, go ahead. Nobody's looking at you. It's not, it's not, it's you and God right now. Go ahead and make that declaration and submit to him. Thank you so much for standing. Who's standing right now? Who's standing and taking this opportunity to rededicate their heart? And if you're not comfortable standing, you want to go ahead and raise that hand. It's fine. Either way, we'll pray with you. Thank you very much for standing. Please go ahead and repeat after me. Can someone please just join him and hold his hand? Dear God, I come to you this morning. I acknowledge that I need you. I acknowledge that I miss you. I acknowledge that without you, I am nothing. So come into my heart today, Jesus, and make your home with me. I receive newness from you. The newness that comes from a vital relationship. Holy Spirit, come into my life and turn my life around. Make me fit for purpose with joy and thanksgiving. I receive this new life in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we thank you for everyone who said this prayer. We rejoice because we know the host of heaven rejoices at the fact that they have come home. We pray over them that you will keep these ones from falling and that you will surround them with your love. That the help they require in this season to stand firmly, deeply rooted in you and in righteousness, they receive in Jesus' name. Thank you so much because you begin the work of transformation in their lives. Thank you, Father, because you begin to pour yourself into our brothers and our sisters who, who are making this decision for you. We thank you, our Father, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Do we have grateful people in the house? Hallelujah. So please don't forget to do your assignments, okay? Put it up on social media. Tag at LifePointNG, your version of Psalm 103. Uh, tag at LifePointNG, hashtag Contagious Gratitude, all right? And we will be sure to repost, okay? And then don't forget the people that God has blessed you with in this season. Please reach out to them and appreciate Thank them. Thank you for Let's listening. We hope that the message has blessed your heart. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com 
forward slash lifepointng. For more information about us and all our other resources, please visit www.lifepointng.org.